So the opening weekend of the British Touring Car Championship season at Thruxton. David Addison, great to uh, see you here. Lots of excitement. It's palpable around the paddock, isn't it? It's not quite as long a wait as last year, but it has been a long wait and everybody is itching to get going. Uh, You start with the fastest circuit in the UK, uh, a circuit that always delivers good racing, partly because of the nature of the circuit with relatively few stop-start sections. Um, And, of course, it's somewhere that you can't do much testing at. And they all go into qualifying and the first race completely ballast-free, which is always a highlight of the season to see who is quick. Um, People like Rick Parfit, who's never raced a touring car before, Sam Smelt coming back after a season of GT4 racing, Dan Rowbottom after a year away. You know, they're up against it anyway. And then you put Thruxton into the mix. You know, it's a a circuit where you need big whatnots. Um, It's going to be a fascinating weekend and it's it's going to be a fascinating championship. Um, You know, you've got Gordon Shedden coming back. You've got Jason Plato coming back. You've got Ash Sutton as the defending champion, surely with that infinity having been tweaked even further. And it was damn good to start with. Uh, Colin Turkington and WSR didn't like not winning at Brands last November. Uh, You know, they were out testing again a few days after that. So they're going to come back all guns blazing. Um, put Gordon Shedden into the mix Um, you've got people switching teams Uh, can't wait and of course Dan Kamish coming back in as a a late entry with uh, Michael Kreese not now racing with BTC Racing Um, and we know that Dan is quick round here he's got the qualifying lap record he has and I'm not sure whether it's just for this one weekend or for the rest of the season because the commitment was to Porsches but uh, you know, other names are being floated around possibly to take over that car for later but okay let's just address Thruxton uh, yeah there's no reason why he can't deliver that car's going to run a, a, a different engine from last year but the BTC racing cars proved to be quick you know Josh Cook's been a, a regular winner here over the years um, in a BTC car and actually, it would be a real shame if we didn't have another season of Dan Camish on the grid because behind the wheel of a racing car, he is an absolute talent. There is no argument about that. You know, to have done what he's done in a very short time in the championship, to come so close to winning it as well, um, it would be, for my money, a travesty if his touring car career were over. So I, I hope we see more of him, uh, definitely. And if he is only here for one event but does well, then, of course, you look back at it in... Um, mid-October and you say well there he was taking points you know had Dan Camish not been at that meeting maybe the outcome could have been slightly different so in a funny kind of way his 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 long-term impact on the championship you might only be able to really address in a few months time. Mm. You mentioned drivers moving Rory Butcher has hopped over to uh, to the Toyota um, which obviously a lot of development work done mm. by uh, Tingram who has also moved but uh, Rory a, a dark horse for this season a stalking horse for this season. Look on paper there are a lot of people that you could legitimately say he has a chance of winning the championship pure maths means they can't all do it but he is clearly one of them i mean that car is now in its third year there's a big input from toyota the whole livery is very toyota gazoo racing now it's very corporate which is partly one of the reasons why that divorce came between um, the team speedworks motorsport and and tom ingram as you say having moved on but rory's a race winner and he is somebody that is certainly capable of running at the front and so is that car so you marry them together and you think well why not now he's been saying he's still learning about the car which is interesting because from the outside people point at this championship and say it's dead easy these days you've got all these stock parts but actually all these cars not just front rear front wheel drive rear wheel drive nuances but individual front wheel drive cars are all slightly different and you then say okay off you go, learn about the car, but you come back to the earlier point, you're at the fastest circuit, you're at a really daunting circuit of Thruxton. Uh, one or two people might therefore be looking at this to get through and, and get a bit more testing in. 
but actually this is the BTCC you can't really go into the weekend with that mindset so yeah it's going to be all guns blazing uh, Rory in that car to win races absolutely championship bid it's certainly doable certainly realistic uh, and all the ingredients are there to, to suggest that he could be should be in the fight come the end of the year yeah mm. Tom Chilton Adam Morgan now in rear wheel drive BMWs um, Tom said he had to get used to uh, rear wheel drive again which he hadn't done for a long yeah. uh, time when we were at media day but he seemed quietly confident I think is a good way of putting it it's a really important year for everybody in that team actually um, I mean Tom Chilton has raced rear-wheel drive in terms of sports prototypes, but that's probably about 15 years ago. And the last time he raced a rear-wheel drive BMW, he was 17, and it was around the streets of Macau. So, you know, if you can master that, you can master anything, surely. Um, yes, he will need to readjust, but he's a class act, so he should be able to do that. The team is having to get used to rear-wheel drive cars, but should be able to do that. Um, Adam's done rear-wheel drive rallying, rear-wheel drive Junetta racing. Shouldn't be a massive issue for him. He's got to unlearn a few things like, like Tom has. But again, all the ingredients are, are on paper. And the fact that the team has gone out and bought two cars, two 3-series BMWs, is a big commitment. And what's really going to be impressive from Adam's point of view now is that he's got a teammate that he can not only be gauged against, but perhaps be dragged along by. He's always had to be both learning and teaching at the same time. And that's not a criticism of, of anybody or, or of circumstance. It's just the way it came about. You know, there was the family Mercedes, then there was a second one. So inevitably, Aidan Moffat arrives, and then it was Tom Oliphant, and then it was Dan Robottom, and then it was Jack Butel. Well, what do I do, Adam? You know, you know the car better. And actually, Adam is still trying to learn and develop as well at the same time as, as trying to impart his knowledge to a teammate. Having a Tom Chilton in that squad that can say, well, let's try this, because he's been around the block as well plus Steve Farrell as the chief engineer, I think a big step forward can be taken. So that's another pair of drivers to add to our long shortlist of people <laughs> up at the front, isn't it? Given what we've been through in the past 12 months, pandemic, uh, the impact on sponsors and mm. crowds at the race meetings, all of the teams have maintained their focus. We've got, uh, I think the oldest car on the grid's probably two or three years old now, isn't it? I mean, they're yeah. all relatively mm. new cars. Mm. Is this going to be, as we always say every year, the closest yet? Potentially. Uh, I, I hesitate because, of course, we had that one season of was it 17 different race winners. And uh, in a way, we don't necessarily want that number again because from the outside, people started saying, oh, well, clearly, you know, it's, you know whose turn is it this time? Um, which belittled everything because everybody was trying incredibly hard. Um, to answer it a different way, you only have to look at the quality of driver on the grid. Championship fight, the obvious three, Sutton, Turkington, Shedden. Then you put a Butcher into the mix, for example. Maybe a Chilton, maybe a Morgan that we've touched on. What about a Tom Ingram? Well, Tom's got nothing to lose at the moment. He's in a car and a team that's not had a win. If he doesn't win, so what? If he does, he's a hero. And having had a win, then there's that determination, then there's that step forward to have another and another. And it's not, a, as Colin Turkington proved couple of years ago it's not always about winning races you know he he got the championship as we remember with one race win as long as you're keeping out of strife and banking points and you are to coin that phrase there or thereabouts Mm. um 
there are other ways to win a championship. Mm. Uh, Do you think more drivers and more teams are beginning to understand, let, let's call it the Colin Turkington strategy, which is about consistency. Bank the points. You don't have to be on the top of the podium all the time. A bit like the way that Pep Guardiola came to Manchester City and changed the way that the, the Premier League football is played. Has the Turkington strategy over the last few years begun to sort of filter through to other teams? You're asking me to psychoanalyse 20 on <laughs> racing drivers, for heaven's sake. Um, I'm not sure it has. I think drivers will tell you that they look at the bigger picture. But when you're in the heat of battle, it's a brave driver that sits there, sits tight. You've got to be hugely confident in your race that you are in at that point and the next meeting and the next meeting. And part of that is is clearly experience. And Colin has that in abundance now. And you've got to have the faith in the car and the team, which he has, because the relationship that Colin, WSR, Dick Bennett's BMW has is pretty exceptional when you think about it. And, you know, Colin and Dick are a, a brilliant double act, and, and therefore the faith and the trust that they all have in one another perhaps gives them that advantage to be able to not write off a race, but, but be, be prepared to settle. Whereas another driver might think, well, you know, I could sit here and give away a few points, but next time we go to Croft and my car's not great around Croft I need to push on assuming they can compute all that quickly enough in the, you know, in the heat of battle um, I think drivers let me put it this way are, are less prepared to get themselves in strife for the sake of 8th place but there are of course you can look at the entry list and you can take the, the more experienced drivers you can take that midfield who are still quite keen to, to you know, battle away for any position uh, and there are the less experienced drivers at the back that, that are still learning about it anyway so you might be able to say yes that that front 10 some of the names we've touched on they might be prepared to to um settle thought of a better word that midfield scramble is always going to be the midfield scramble because it might do you some good to get in the reverse grid for race three if it's a race two battle for example might be a you know a point you, you you've never scored before whatever it might be um so actually long-winded way of answering the question i think the savvy clever experienced dependable drivers look at it slightly differently i think the midfield scramble will be as ever it is um and actually midfield is almost everybody else because even with you know to single out rick parfit as the one and only genuine rookie on the grid rick's not slow you know he's a british gt uh, pace setter a champion both in gt3 and gt4 um all he's lacking in this is seat time in the car and an experience of racing in this type of racing because it's very different from gt and he's also back on his own. He's not got a co-driver. Um, so I don't think that you're going to look at races where people are not prepared to make moves and just sit there and bank points because the championship doesn't work that way. No, no. Just finally, um, walking up and down the, the paddock uh, here, sticking my head into to mm. various garages, all the teams are scanning the weather reports. Yes. Because at the moment, the worst prediction I've seen is that at nine o'clock on Saturday morning, we could have anywhere between an inch and a half and two inches of rain in the space of 10 or 15 minutes, which is really going to shake things up mm. for the start of the season, isn't it? It is, especially as uh, you, you don't get that much testing uh, pre-season anyway, even with an extension uh, to, the, to the close part of the year, uh, starting a month or so later. You get very limited testing around Thruxton, um, and then you wash it all away with, with heavy rain. And do you then go out? Because it's all very well concentrating on Saturday and free practice weather, but if it's going to be dry on Sunday, do we go out and risk everything? We, we, we need to go out and put some miles on and get ready for qualifying. Yeah, it's another nightmare teams drivers pretty much everybody could do without 
I don't know how Alan Gow does it with the weather. I don't know what <laughs> button he presses, what number he dials, but he's always managed to do it. He did it in the last round. You know, he's able to bring this in as a, another variable. Um, personally, I would like a dry Saturday and a wet Sunday a sh- or a showery Sunday because races for me where the weather changes and you've got to gamble on tyres, um, a wet road that dries out or a, a dry road to start with and then it starts to, to rain a bit halfway through. You know, they're fascinating races. Yeah. Um, a wet qualifying session will be one thing because it will give you a, a, a grid uh, ballast free based on those weather conditions but uh, a showery race day for me and i know i'm not standing out in it but that would be that would be ideal really would and um i mean you're going to be in the commentary box again and of course no fans here this weekend so um presumably you're looking forward to very very good viewing figures well i would hope so um yes i mean again we discovered last year that of course with with half a season for every sport everybody's going up against one another um but yeah you know the, the first round of the championship is always special um, because people have been starved of the, the championship for X number of months. So, yeah, we're looking forward to lots of people's company on Saturday on ITV.com for qualifying, on ITV4 on, on race day, for the touring cars, for all the support races, because, again, who's, who's doing what in the support races? We've got the, the, the Porsche... Uh, Caymans, the Sprint Challenge, before we get to Carrera Cup um, at the next touring car event. We've got good grids of Ginettas and F4s and the Minis are back. So, you know, the whole support package is going to be spectacular. Um, add that to the touring car uh, action as well. I have no idea why people would not want to be glued to their TV on Sunday afternoon. I hear it's very good. <laughs> That's going to be a great weekend and a cracking season. David, thanks very much. Thanks very much, Steve.